I would like to thank you for joining us at the A Friend For You podcast. We are a group of people who are striving to know the one true friend that sticks closer than a brother. That friend is Jesus. And we're striving to expand the kingdom of Jesus over the podcast waves. You are now part of a movement expanding around the country and around the world. We're now making disciples in 12 countries around the world. And in the United States, we're sharing in 24 states. And in our home state of Ohio, people have heard about Jesus in 46 counties, and that makes around 110 communities have heard around the U.S. And in all, Jesus has met with people 1,825 times through this podcast. Now, how does that happen, friends? Well, friends of podcasts, just like you, listen to this podcast and then they share it with others. We started a series called Jesus Picks a Posse. We were talking about how Jesus selected his disciples and the impact he had on those disciples' lives. And we were going through our discussions of John when we found that John wrote his gospel in a very personal nature. He wrote it in first person about Jesus because he was there with Jesus. There are 10 times in John's gospel that Jesus says, I am. If we want to find out about Jesus, who he is, what he does, and what he stands for, let's go straight to the source and find out what Jesus says about himself. So we've broken into our series called Jesus Picks a Posse with another series called The Ten I Am's of Jesus. We're up to the second I Am, and it's found in John chapter 7. Jesus says, I am from God, and he sent me. Jesus' I Am Declaration that we're discussing today takes us to John chapter 7. In the interest of proper context, we're going to take a very quick look at the entire chapter to help us focus in on verse 29. The chapter begins with the brothers of Jesus challenging Jesus to go to the upcoming festival of tabernacles. In John 7 verse 3, we read, Jesus' brothers said to him, Leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you're doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. I always wondered how hard it would have been for the brothers of Jesus to believe their brother was really God's son. I mean, come on. Jesus is just my big brother. By the way, We're told in scripture and in extra biblical information that Jesus had brothers and sisters. Matthew 13 tells us that Jesus had four brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. And Matthew also shares with us that there were sisters as well. Here we see that the brothers want Jesus to quit hiding and start doing his miracles in front of a bigger crowd. Look at the words they say to Jesus. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. There is no evidence yet that Jesus was wanting to be in the public eye. In fact, Jesus will say, it's not my time yet. Since you say that you're doing these things, why not show the world? Then the point. For even his own brothers didn't believe in him. 
Jesus says he will not go to the festival with his brothers. And the brothers go, and they found the crowd is divided on Jesus. Some say he's a good man. Others say he deceives people. And then later on, we do see that Jesus actually decides to go to the festival, but he does so in secret. In verse 14, we read, Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go to the temple courts and begin to preach. The Jews there were amazed and asked, How can this man get such learning without having been taught? Jesus starts teaching in the temple courts, and about halfway through the festival, he, he doesn't just speak. He is connecting with the crowd. And they wonder how this no-name, uneducated guy is teaching so well. Let's pick back up in verse 16. Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. He is, uh, has not Moses given you the law, yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? Jesus starts to tell the crowd more of who he is and what his mission is. My teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. I'm here teaching the words of God who sent me. And Jesus continues, Moses gave you the law, yet not one of you is keeping the law. Not one of you keep the law of Moses, and yet here you are trying to kill me. You are demon-possessed, the crowd answers. Who's trying to kill you? Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you were all amazed. And yet, because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses, but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. If a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, Isn't this the man they are trying to kill? Here he is speaking publicly. And they are not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Messiah? But we know where this man came from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he is from. So here the crowd doesn't seem to buy into the notion that someone's trying to kill Jesus. In fact, the crowd accuses Jesus of being demon-possessed for what he said so far. But just a few minutes later, some of the people start asking, isn't this the one the authorities, meaning the religious leaders, are trying to kill? Confirming what Jesus had said. He said someone was trying to kill him, right? Yet, they did not come while Jesus was right here in the open. Maybe these religious leaders have decided that Jesus really is the Messiah. But that can't be because we know where Jesus is from. So Jesus continues, Since Moses instructed on circumcision, it's okay to circumcise on the Sabbath, but you're angry with me for healing a whole body on the Sabbath. You guys need to judge more correctly.
Verse 28, then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, yes, you know me, and you know where I'm from. I'm not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. At this, they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because the hour had not yet come. Still, many in the crowd believed him. They said, when the, when the Messiah comes, will he perform more signs than this man? So Jesus here says, you do know me, but you don't know the one who sent me. To the religious Jews, this was a blasphemous slap in the face. First, Jesus is saying, you don't know God. Second, Jesus is saying, I am from God and he sent me. This direct connection to God would have given Jesus authority or to falsely speak of a connection to God would have brought the penalty of death for speaking blasphemy. The people tried to seize Jesus, but they didn't lay a hand on him. The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. So here we see that the Pharisees and the chief priests get into the act of trying to get Jesus, but again, he gets away. It's actually sad for these guys. They're so focused on trying to get Jesus so they can get rid of him, and here he comes right into the festival where they're looking for him, and yet he slips through their fingers. Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time, and then I am going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? Will he go where our people live scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What did he mean when he said, You will look for me and not find me, and where I am, you cannot come? Jesus here, he's referring to his upcoming death. You'll look for me and not find me, and that they will not be able to come with him because he's dead. But again, the people don't understand. They are trying to figure out where Jesus is going, and Jesus fully knows that he came to earth with the mission of dying for us. Let's pick up at verse 37. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, so since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his words, some of the people said, surely this is a prophet. Others said he is the Messiah. Still others, how can the Messiah come from Galilee? Does not scripture say that the Messiah will come from David's descendants and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. 
Jesus speaks on the most prominent day of the festival. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Believe in me and you will have rivers of living water. This sounds so much like the teaching of Jesus with the woman at the well. But here John explains to us that the living water is the Holy Spirit, which will dwell in believers after Jesus is glorified. Now, some think that Jesus is a prophet. Some think he's the Messiah. Others don't know what to think. But Jesus, he, he came from Galilee and the Messiah was supposed to come from Bethlehem. Some wanted to believe, others wanted to seize him, but no one acted on their belief. So what have we seen here today? And what difference does it make in my life? If I can't find a way to apply what we've heard to my life, then why am I listening? In the beginning of chapter 7, we see that Jesus' brothers were struggling to believe he was the real deal. They called him out and challenged him to go to the Festival of Tabernacles and claim who he was. Jesus wasn't going to make a scene just because it would make himself look good. Have you ever had someone question who God created you to be? Why is it so hard to express your God experience with your family? Sometimes with those closest to us, it's so hard to share. Well, about halfway through the festival, Jesus shows up and starts teaching. And of course, the people are amazed at his teaching. I mean, this is God teaching about God. But the people did not know who the speaker was. They started to question how someone from Galilee could know so much about God. Jesus says, I know so much about God because he sent me. Those who speak for themselves seek their own praises, but I'm seeking to glorify the one who sent me. To those in the crowd, Jesus says, you like to quote Moses, but not a one of you follow him. And on top of that, you're trying to kill me. Man, what in your background has stopped others from believing you have the words of God in you? I mean, Jesus was from Galilee. Is there a difference in your life between quoting the words of God and living the words of God? The people here, they, they were quoting Moses, the words of God, from the books of Moses, but they weren't living it. Is there a difference between you're quoting the words of God and you're living the words of God? The crowds ask, are you demon-possessed? Who's trying to kill you? Now, that's quite a challenge. Jesus says, I do one miracle and you're amazed. Moses called us to circumcise, and now we can do that on the Sabbath to, to cleanse the body, but I can't heal the entire body on the Sabbath? Really? Come on, you better get your judgments in order. Some in the crowd realized that this same Jesus is the one that the religious leaders were trying to capture and kill. Why aren't they coming to get Jesus now? Here he is right in their place, and yet they're letting him speak. Maybe they believe he is the Messiah. Have you ever had someone differ in belief from you and then call you demon-possessed? I have. For me, it was overseers in a church. For Jesus, it's the, the religious leaders at this religious festival. They ask if he's demon-possessed. Why is it 
Sometimes when we're trying to convey what God has laid on our heart, people challenge us so strongly and even call us demon-possessed. How do we know if our judgments are in order? Jesus says to make sure your judgments are in order. Well, we better be sure we are letting Jesus lead our judgments. Otherwise, I fail. Jesus continues teaching. You don't know God. I know God because I'm from God and he sent me. If you want to know God, look no further. Now, this caused even further division amongst those who were watching Jesus speak here. Some believed that Jesus was the Messiah. Others didn't believe a word. My question for you, do you know who sent you? Do you know your calling? Jesus did. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah, your Savior? The religious leaders send guards to capture Jesus, but they fail. Jesus continues teaching, I'm going away soon and you will not find me. You will not be able to go with me. The crowd discusses where Jesus might go. And Jesus was saying he was getting ready to die and raise again, and then he would be taken to heaven. You can't do that and remain alive. Are you sure you know the way to go to be with Jesus when he disappears from us? Jesus is the way to heaven. Have you received your free gift of eternal life through him? Are you thirsty for Jesus? Do you want to know him? Do you want to experience his salvation? It changes your life forever, but it's so worth it. It's the only way to truly live. When Jesus returned to heaven, the Holy Spirit was given to live in us. Do you have this Holy Spirit guiding your life today? You can. Thank you for listening to the A Friend For You podcast. We're a group of believers that strive to live for and share about our friend Jesus that sticks closer than a brother. Jesus is everything. He is your guide in the world today. He's your savior. He is God in the flesh. Jesus wants to make you new. If you need help learning how to know Jesus, please shoot me a message on the A Friend For You Facebook page. And please share this podcast with three others so that they can hear about our friend Jesus and have their lives changed too.